everyone, welcome back to a bonus episode of Who's There? I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan or creative every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. On January 9th, a new cosmic horror movie called Reflect was released on VOD. And I had the honor of sitting down with the writer and director, Dana Kibble a couple of weeks ago to discuss the film. We talked about how she fell in love with the horror genre and how she came up with the idea for Reflect, what filming was like, and how she knew from an early age that she was a horror fan. Before we get into this episode, just a reminder that if you want to join the community over on Patreon, click the link in the show notes, and for only $3 a month, you'll get access to early episodes, stickers, a monthly newsletter, and more, and I'd love to have you. And as always, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you listen. And let's get into my conversation with Dana Kipple. Hey, Dana, how are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes. My name is Dana Kipple. I'm from New York. Uh, I'm living in Los Angeles. And besides movies, obviously horror movies and science fiction movies, I love the metaphysical, the spiritual. I'm very obsessed with philosophy. I'm into mental health and neurodivergency advocate. And I just, and I love food. (laughs) Awesome. I love so many of those things. Um, Yeah. So we'll get into your film in a little bit, but first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? My gosh, I love so many scary movies. Okay, I think it's between uh, between The Ring, Rosemary's Baby, and I would say those are my top two: The Ring and Rosemary's Baby. <gasps> the Ring is my number one favorite horror movie. So yeah, yeah, and I I feel like we're probably like a similar age. Like when I was watching The Ring, I was like you know about to enter puberty. I think a little bit before. I'm 34, and I just remember taking that movie so seriously. <laughs> that I took my TV out of my room for months because I thought the girl was going to climb through like that. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to somebody else who said that he loved that the ring made you complicit in what was going on. Cause you saw the video. Yes. So, yeah. I believe yeah. this was like a real thing. It scared the shit out of me. I don't remember if it scared me so much, but I just loved it. And the, the like discovery and like, yes. yeah, that part of it. Um, gold. Yeah. How did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I mean, my mom has a story about when I was like five years old, we went into a Halloween store and my brother ran out crying and I was looking up and there were all the horror masks and I asked to touch them. So she knew from a very young age. And I think the first movie I ever remember watching, not that it was horror, but it was grotesque, was Beetlejuice. So I think I just was always obsessed in like the uncanny and it was a nice escape from my life in a weird way. (laughs) Nice. Maybe that will lead into my next question, which is why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Seem perfectly sane? Hmm. I think it's like, it's the same reason people love theme parks. It's just an adrenaline rush and something like fun and novelty and it makes life interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) So my last question before we get into reflect is what's your favorite subgenre in horror? Mm, I think folk horror. Like I like the 70s folk horrors and like the Wicker Man. Folk horror, like as a director, maybe not to watch, but like I I think to watch maybe more like like The Ring or The Grudge. I don't I don't really know what that would be called, but like standard 
2000 tar. But as a director, I like the look of faux car. Nice. What's your favorite faux car movie? It's a movie from the 70s, and I'm blanking on the name. Something Jessica. The people at Cranked Up Films actually, hold on, I'm going to find it really quick. People at Cranked Up Films recommended it to me. It's something about a girl named Jessica. I don't really know, but it's a really creepy movie and it's from the 70s. If anyone can figure it out, then I'll I'll, I'll message you the info. <laughs> Is it Let's Scare Jessica to Death? Yes. Okay. I never knew that that was full car, but I've never yeah. seen that. But my, my yoga teacher lives around the corner from the house from that movie. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel, I mean, more folk car obviously would be like something like The Wicker Man, but I think, I think, I think the folkiness of it is just like a lot of the movies in the 60s and 70s were kind of like folk car vibes. Like, it's just like, the, like, it's a house on like a farm. It's just the vibe. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so your new movie, Reflect, which drops on VOD on the 9th, I yes. believe. Yes, mm-hmm. on the 9th. I watched it last night. It is a great entry in a subgenre that's been deemed friendship horror this year, as well as a bit oh. of, you know, cosmic horror, too. I also love the use of tarot cards in the beginning when you introduce the cast. Can you tell everyone a little bit of, like, a synopsis of what Reflect is about? Yeah, so Reflect is about five eclectic women that journey to Sedona, Arizona to go on a spiritual obstacle course where they are mysteriously followed by dark hooded figures. (laughs) (laughs) What inspired you to write Reflect? Hmm. Well, you know what's funny? And I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but eventually, like in the beginning, I wanted to make it like a straight up horror. And then like, as it was written, it obviously became more of like a bunch of other genres mixed together. But I think I think the I think it was just not feeling connected to myself or to other people. And like the horrors that trauma bring to people and how trauma can like haunt your mind and make you feel disconnected with yourself and everyone. And I really wanted to I wanted to put a message also of inspiration of not only like, does everyone have trauma and pain, but if we look at it, we can kind of almost make friends with it. So it's fun you say friendship horror because it's really almost about making friends with your trauma in a weird way. Like your trauma is following you and you're scared of it, but it really just wants to be friends. Yeah, I love it. I have been told by mental health therapists before that like, just see your anxiety as like someone on your shoulder. It's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did this come from personal experience? Like, have you ever been on a spiritual retreat before? So I've I've seen a lot of them and I've seen ads for a lot of them and some of them, this is going to be funny because I am spiritual, but some of the spiritual stuff feels like a horror movie because sometimes spirituality can go really wrong and there are a lot of like narcissists in the spiritual community, funny enough, and I've heard about people dying on spiritual retreats as well and sweat lodges. I should have made a movie about that. <laughs> oh, that's a really good idea. But I think that the spiritual stuff can also be very scary when it's put in the wrong hands and there's a dark side to everything. And yeah, it kind of, that also did kind of inspire me. Like even though spirituality is amazing, like as a, in group culture, it can also be kind of creepy. <laughs> Definitely. Have you seen Escaping Twin Flames on Netflix yet? Yes. Yes. That's exactly my, that's an <laughs> example right there of spirituality gone wrong. Instead of working on yourself, it's like putting power and like controlling other people. And it's like, that is not spiritual. Yeah. Is the character that you play in the movie Summer based on yourself at all? 
Yes. It's almost like all based on me. And that's why I played her. Like I wasn't really thinking of it, but then it just ended up being, I wrote it for me, I guess. But yeah, there was so much of myself fused into that character. Like almost I was adopted. She was adopted. You know, I went through addiction and mental health and everything, everything she has, even boyfriend stuff, been through the same stuff. (laughs) How did the rest of the cast come together? Yeah. So they were all my friends besides who plays Nia Ariana. She was a friend of a friend. So I basically just begged everyone like, Hey, will you do this for not that much money and be my friend and, you know, road trip to Sedona. I can't really pay you gas, but I can get us an Airbnb for free. And, you know, everyone was just nice and said, yes, I didn't want to, it was already stressful making my first film. And I, I didn't want to deal with the stress of like, you know, working with people I didn't know and trying to impress them and, you know, having all these nice ritzy things like this is was more of a, you know, organic friend movie. (laughs) I love it. Are there any horror directors who influenced you while you were directing this? I'm trying to think if there are any horror. Well, yes, actually, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, he is actually one of my favorite directors. And it's because not only does he have layered storytelling where in the back, there's always a story going on. Like it's not always what just what you're seeing, which really actually influenced the cinematography of the film uh, and, and using a lot of wide lenses close up the like kind of distortion. But also just how we like he makes original stuff and he fails sometimes and he keeps going. And I rather have my filmmaking career be original and unique and make what I want to make and sometimes fail than like subscribing to what everyone else is doing. Yeah, that's so he- awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie? Honestly, OK, well, I love Signs. I loved Old. Embarrassingly, I didn't see I think it was called The the Village or whatever movie he made about some or the I think it was The Village. I didn't see that one. But the grandparents one, I think it's called The Visit. That was actually my favorite because it was just really creepy. And I know that he put his own money into that because no one else wanted to make it. And that actually influenced me that I could fundraise on my own as a director. Was it challenging to fundraise on your own? Yes. I mean, like I was literally driving the ship on this one and it was challenging, but I read a lot of books on money mindset and energetics and confidence. So I just kind of ran with it and didn't look back. And I was like, this is happening. I'm going to be Delulu and delusional and just believe it's happening. And then it happened. So, oh, I love that. I noticed that so many of the shots were close-ups. What influenced that, that decision? Yes. So I definitely don't know if I would do this for every film, but for this film, like Terrence Malick and Emmanuel Lubezki also really inspired me with, I just wanted everything to be in focus, kind of like more a painting. And then I liked a lot of, a lot of the close-up shots, like in the beginning, obviously it's more far away, but as the movie goes on, the close-ups were really important to me to show that we're getting closer to the characters. And as I want the audience to feel like they're connecting with them more as the girls are connecting with themselves more. So yeah, that kind of like informed it, just the sense of connection. And I wanted also to make a film where I wasn't worried about putting the girls in the best light or making them look pretty. I just wanted everything to look a little bit more awkward and distorted and real. Nice. It definitely worked. It definitely came across like that. And I also felt a little bit claustrophobic the closer that we got. Good. Yeah. (laughs) So where was this filmed and when? What was the shooting process like? Yeah, it was filmed two days in Palm Springs, two days in LA and 14 days in Sedona, Arizona with a couple pickup days there. The filming process was easy as far as like the permits. Sedona is a great place to get permits. They weren't too expensive. And the Airbnbs aren't super, we filmed in December, 2021. So the Airbnbs were dirt cheap. We got like a huge Airbnb and it was like 
I think it was like $5,000 for like 14 people for the whole time, which was like 14 days. So, I mean, I, I saved a lot of money, I think, on that. But yeah, the filming process, like when you get the permits and film in Sedona, you can basically film anywhere in their national parks. And we didn't have to worry about lighting anything because it was kind of cloudy but sunny. So the lighting was perfect. So like that kind of besides raining one day, that was like the biggest disaster there was. Besides that, I would definitely recommend filming there. It was great production value. Oh, so is that why you went to Sedona? Because you heard it was really easy to shoot there? So I went, I actually went there because I had gone there after filming this film, Hellhounds, that's actually coming out the same day as my film. And I acted in that and I wanted to kind of relax. And I went to Sedona and then I heard about like the portals and vortexes there and how people kind of hear things uh, and see things there. And I kind of had some spiritual experiences, but I was also feeling very depressed. And it kind of just inspired me like, I need to make the film here. And then also I knew that not a lot of people had made films in Sedona because at the time there wasn't a tax credit. So I thought my film would look different than a lot of people's because there's almost no films made in Sedona. Oh, that's really interesting. I love that. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted to include in the film that you just didn't have time to or didn't, weren't able to do on your budget? Hmm. I will say, I think I was crazy and delusional to think of making a film at my budget with like a cast of like 20 something and having like millions of locations. <laughs> like now knowing what I know, you know, I would make a very contained story with like a couple locations and like one or two characters but but still, it all like worked out how it's supposed to. But it, it's just funny looking back how cr- I don't know how that all worked. Like the we sometimes had several locations in a day and like so many actors switching in and out. Like, I literally don't know how that movie came together. So would you say I don't know if this is a spoiler. I mean, you already talked about it a little bit. Would you say that the shadow people who are kind of following them around are uh, representative of the character's shadow selves? And can you yeah. explain a little bit to people like what shadow self is? Yeah, and I'm fine spoiling that because I want I kind of wanted to say my my take on it. So yeah, your shadow self is basically through sh- it's shadow work, your shadow self, it's all, almost like a four dimensional view of you. And anyone who knows the fourth dimension, it's almost like an inversion. It And you can, if you were to look at people from in 4D, you would kind of see through them. This, your shadow self is your inner child. It's the fears and darkness that you tuck away and you've hidden since childhood. And it reflects out in many ways in your life negatively. And you have to meet that shadow self and face that self to become a whole person again. Some people call it the fifth dimension, whatever you want to call it, light and dark fusing together, multidimensional self. But you you can't just be a full, well-rounded, healed person without looking at that stuff. And it was very important for me to show that all you need to do to survive in this game of life is listen to yourself. And no one wants to do that. And then you die. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, you do die, but hopefully not too soon. (laughs) Do you have any favorite friendship or cosmic horror movies that you can mention? Yes, Yes, actually, cosmic horror, Nicolas Cage is in it. It has like another one, the other one. It has like pink goo in it, the color of space. Oh, I've actually never seen that one before, but I know, I know the movie, I know of the movie. So cosmic, cosmic horror, that and Mandy, Mandy, Mandy too, that Mandy kind of influenced my next film that I'm doing. And then friendship horror, I think it was, is it called unfollowed? Is that kind of friendship horror? Not really. I mean, yeah, it's about friends. (laughs) Yeah. That scared me. I'm, I wish I knew more. I, I know all, oh, cosmic horror. I don't really know if this counts either, but I really liked 
think it's called Beyond the Black Rainbow and then The Void. I really like The Void. Oh, I've um, never seen either of those. Yeah. And then my favorite horror movies, though, like my favorite indie horror movies are actually the VHSs. So VHS 1 and 2 are my favorite. Eventually, I will definitely make an anthology. Those like really inspired me to be a filmmaker, as well as The Endless by Justin Benson yes. and Aaron Murhead. That was a huge inform. I'm obsessed with them. I've been trying to be their friend for years. They probably think I'm creepy, <laughs> but they were huge inspirations to me. Yeah, I was going to say Reflect definitely gave Benson and Moorhead vibes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing that you want people to know before they go watch Reflect? Yeah, okay. Have an open mind. <laughs> it's not like most horror movies. Like I wouldn't say it's super scary, but that was my original intention and then just became what it became. Just have an open mind, be curious and let whatever... You might feel worse after watching it because you realize you need to do a lot of work on yourself. You might feel inspired. You might feel curious. But the fact that you feel something is all that matters to me. So just have an open mind. (laughs) That's great advice. Are you going on any spiritual retreats anytime soon? Actually, I am. In the end of March, this woman, Gangaji, who is actually a, a wonderful person and a great teacher of this physicist named Russell Targ, whose books I've read, I'm going to a, a private retreat of hers. And I actually think she she's not like all these charlatan crazy people. She's amazing. And I'm going on that retreat for a couple of days because I need it. Yeah, I'm sure after making and promoting a movie, definitely. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so my last question is, as a director, if you could remake one horror movie or make a sequel to a horror movie that already exists, which one would it be? Oh my gosh. I think that does probably that doesn't already have a sequel. I'm just trying to think of my like favorite. I didn't think if there was one where I really wanted a sequel. I mean, I think the one the one that first came to mind, so I'll say it would be like it follows. Just like with all new cast and what happens if that disease like really went rampant around the world, maybe like amping it up. Who knows? <laughs> nice. It was just recently announced that they're doing a sequel to that called They Follow. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that, but good job them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and reflect yes. on January 9th? Yes. Yes. January 9th, you can find us on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Vudu, and Google Play. And we'll also be out in the UK the same day, January 9th. Awesome. Yeah, I'll leave links to all that in the show notes. Thank you so much again, and good luck with the rest of the press tour and the movie. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's it for this week's bonus episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dana Kippel and thanks again to Dana for coming on. I'll leave links to where you can watch Reflect everywhere online in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's There PC. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask Who's There. <laughs>